So we're coming to the end of our series on learning to love. There are only a couple more Sundays after today before we move on to the book of Ruth. And I've given the title Tough Love to today's talk because today we're thinking about Jesus' instruction to love our enemies. And last week Lou helped us to consider what Jesus meant when he said, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And so today we're moving on to try and get our heads around what it means to love our enemies and what part that plays in learning to love. And if it helps you, I'm going to do this in three stages. We're going to look at the how. Now we're going to start by looking at the who then the how, and then the why of loving our enemies. So the who, who are our enemies, the how, how do we love our enemies, and the why, why should we love our enemies. And the passage that we're looking at today in Luke chapter 6 is really, really practical, intensely practical, I'd say. It's a passage that helps us to deal with real life as we live it. And it helps us to deal with uh, disagreement or opposition or even hostility. Some of the things that Jesus said are easy to agree with. In general, people don't have a problem with the idea that we find in verse 31 of Luke chapter 6. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you Google that, it's called the golden rule. And it's found in most of the world's religions and philosophies. And everyone seems to agree that that's a good way to live. Do to others as you would have them do to you. It doesn't mean it's easy, but most people agree. When Jesus says to love our enemies, that isn't something that's generally agreed on. It's perhaps one of the things that makes Christianity different from other faiths. But as we know, not only did Jesus say this, he also lived it out. I don't know about you, but for me, there's quite a difference between knowing that Jesus said, love your enemies, and loving your enemies. We know it, but can we do it? When was the last time we loved someone who we would consider an enemy? And in many ways, it's similar to the other instructions that Jesus gave about love, who reminded us last week that Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our strength, all our mind, all our soul, with everything. So how are we doing with that? It's, it's impossible, isn't it? It seems like Jesus asks us to do impossible things. But Jesus knows what he's talking about. He understands what he's saying. He's the greatest teacher who ever lived. So if the greatest love is to lay down our lives for our friends, perhaps the hardest or the most difficult love, the most challenging love, is to love our enemies. But what I don't want us to do is underestimate the importance of loving our enemies. It's really important that we know that we should love our enemies and that we try to love our enemies. So these things are impossible for us on our own, absolutely. 
that nothing is impossible for God and nothing is impossible with God's help if that is something we believe. And Jesus tells his followers more than once to love their enemies. We find these words both in Jesus, uh, Jesus' words both in uh, Luke's gospel here, but also in Matthew's gospel. Matthew records Jesus saying, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. And I think we've heard that as well, haven't we? Love your neighbor, but it's okay to hate your enemy. We can, we can do that, that's all right. But Jesus says, no, that's not the way he wants us to live. But loving our neighbors is already enough of a challenge, isn't it? It takes quite an effort sometimes to love our neighbors. I know that I often fail to love my neighbors. I don't always love my family and my friends. So what hope do we have in loving our enemies. But rather than playing down Jesus' words, I think we need to take them seriously. I think we need to take Jesus' words to heart, and he will help us. And I think Jesus helps us in what he says. I really like uh, that we have in Luke's account these words of Jesus in verse 27. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. To you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. It's a way of getting our attention, I think. Unlike, imagine a situation where a teacher stood before the class, all the kids are talking, and the teacher asks the question, are you listening? And of course, the kids are not listening. They're talking to each other. They, they're, not, they're not hearing at all. They're not interested at all in what the teacher has to say. But when Jesus says, to those who are listening, I say, love your enemies, he knows that there are people in the crowd in front of him who are going to hear those words. They're not chattering away like the children in the classroom, but they're, they're going to hear Jesus' words. But are they going to really hear Jesus' words? Are we, this morning, really going to hear Jesus' words? Are we listening to what he says this morning? Are we going to understand what he says? Are we going to take it on board? And part of the problem is that we've heard it before, haven't we? This isn't the first time that we've heard someone say that Jesus taught people to love their enemies. So it's a challenge. But let's start with the who. Who who is Jesus talking to when he says, love your enemies? He's talking to his followers. He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to us this morning. And like I say, loving our enemies is really important. I've become very, very convinced of that as I've been looking at this passage. And my reasoning is that Jesus wouldn't have said it if it wasn't important. He wouldn't have repeated it if it wasn't important. So hopefully Jesus has our attention. If we don't listen to Jesus, we can't learn from Jesus. If we don't learn from Jesus, we're not going to do what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to work with him, to labor with him. And the most important task that Jesus gives us, gives all of us, is to love like him. 
So we need to listen to Jesus, to learn from Jesus, to be able to labor with Jesus so that we can love like Jesus. That is the goal. So are we listening? Are we listening? So like I said, we're going to do this in three parts. The who, first of all. Who are our enemies? Who are the enemies that Jesus is talking about when he says that we're to love our enemies? It's an uncomfortable question, perhaps. If we were at war with another country, then perhaps it would be easy to answer that question. Or perhaps we don't have any enemies because we probably try our very best to get on with everyone. If you watch police dramas on TV like I do sometimes, then you know that it's one of the questions the uh, investigators always ask uh, whenever someone has been murdered. They say, well, did that person have any enemies? But for the people that Jesus was speaking to, who would they have considered as being their enemies? They might have considered that the Romans were their enemies because the Romans were the occupying force in Israel, in Judea. But we're not in that situation today here in in Britain. Historically, the British have had plenty of enemies. The French, the Spanish, going back, we've had plenty of battles. And when we think of other countries today, there might be some countries that we would consider enemy countries. The English and the Scottish have some history, especially when it comes to football. What about Argentina after the Falklands Wars back in the 1980s? These things leave an impact, perhaps not consciously, but an impact nonetheless. And how are we feeling towards Russia at the moment, or Russians in general? When Jesus says the words, to those who are listening... I tell you, love your enemies. The people listening to him might have thought of the Romans. But in the context of Luke chapter 6, I think there's another answer to that question. Who were the enemies that Jesus was thinking of? If we go right back to the beginning of chapter 6 and start reading at verse 1, Luke tells us that one Sabbath Jesus was going through the cornfields and his disciples began to pick some ears of corn, rub them in their hands and eat the grain. Some of the Pharisees asked, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And there was this group of people that Jesus seemed to come into conflict with quite often, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, who had quite a bit of power based on their knowledge of the law and their obedience, their keeping of the Jewish religious laws. And people were sometimes afraid of the Pharisees. We have a a story in John chapter 9 where Jesus heals a man who had been born blind and his parents are questioned by the religious leaders and they're afraid to answer because they could be put outside of the synagogue. They could be excluded from their community. So perhaps we're thinking, who are our enemies? Where there's conflict or where with others or fear, maybe that gives us some indication of who we might consider to be enemies. But going back to Luke chapter 6, Jesus deals with that question, the question that the Pharisees asked, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? 
by telling them that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. And if that's going to rub someone up the wrong way, you can be sure that Jesus isn't going to win any friends amongst the Pharisees by saying such a thing. And Jesus, um, then Luke tells us, he goes in on, a, on another Sabbath, Jesus goes into the synagogue and he was teaching and there's a man who has a shriveled hand. And then Luke says that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. And when people are looking to accuse you of something, you can be pretty sure they're just kind of maybe on the edge of that category that we would call enemies. Jesus heals the man in front of everyone. And then Luke tells us that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law are furious and begin to discuss what they might do with Jesus which we know from other places, Luke 22, John chapter 5, they're really talking about how they can kill Jesus. So now clearly they are in this category of enemies of Jesus. They want to kill him. They're furious. These are clear signs. But Jesus says, to those of you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who ill-treat you. So our enemies are those who hate us, which is a strong way of putting it. But they're also people who might insult us or mistreat us. And going on in Luke 6, if I just read the next couple of verses... we have some more descriptions of people who could fall into the category of enemies. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who ill-treat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to them the other one also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. So someone who slaps you on the cheek is an enemy. Someone who takes your coat is an enemy. And perhaps a slap on the cheek isn't, it's not an all-out physical attack, is it? We're not meant to be a punching bag for anyone. But perhaps a slap on the cheek in the culture at the time was just a sign of offence. You've said something offensive and they slap you. And someone taking our coat, that might not be theft. That might be someone who has just borrowed something, perhaps without asking, and has forgotten to return it. But these are the kind of people that Jesus is is talking about. So we can probably think of people in our lives a little bit like this. Enemies is a very strong term, but people who don't like us, people who say things about us behind our backs, people who make life difficult for us, people who take advantage of us, people who take offence at things that we might say or think. Are some of those people close to us? Perhaps members of our family who we've fallen out with? Or have we had difficulties like this with anyone in church? Or another Christian, perhaps? 
The number one reason for missionaries returning from the mission field is disagreement with other missionaries. And the number of churches that have split or disintegrated because of people disagreeing with each other or taking offence with each other is huge. But this is, the, this is the goal, this is the strategy of our real enemy. His goal is to destroy us. And the way he does that is by using us. So there's an interesting verse in Galatians chapter 5, verse 14, which says the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So that's the enemy's strategy, because he wants to destroy relationships and everything that is good. He wants to destroy churches. He wants to destroy people. And he loves to destroy close relationships. So what can we do about this? Let's move on to the how. How do we love our enemies? And again, this passage is very practical and helpful. It gives us things that we can do. To you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who ill-treat you. And then later on in verse 30, give to everyone who asks you. So bless, pray, lend, give. These are things that we can do to love our enemies. And let's be clear, we don't have to like our enemies to love them. We don't have to agree with our enemies to love them. This actually helps us to understand what love is. Love isn't a feeling. Well, it is a feeling, but it's not just a feeling. Love is action. As it says in verse 31, do to others as you would have them do to you. And this can seem a little bit strange, but in the same way as we've begun to explore how, how people can be our enemies... Just think about how easy it is for us to become enemies of other people. For, you know, we're nice people, but, but people might look at us and think, you know, they don't agree with me. They've said something that has offended me. And, and we quickly fall into this category of being enemies, even if what we've done or said has been unintentional. So just imagine that situation where someone considers you to be an enemy. How would you like that person to treat you? Would you like them to bless you or curse you? Would you like them to pray for you? Would you like them to continue to give to you? The answer is obviously yes. That's exactly how we would like other people to treat us, even if they thought of us as being an enemy. And that's why Jesus says, do to others as you would have them do to you. If that's how we would like to be treated, then that's how we need to treat others, even those who are 
our enemies. And so this leads us to the third point, the why. Why should we love our enemies? Why would we do that? Let me just read verses 32 to 36 again. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. So the reasons for loving our enemies, I can think of three from what Jesus says here. There's a reward. doesn't say what the reward is, but we're told that the reward will be great. We will be children of the Most High. We will be God's children. And we need to think about the kind of world that we want to live in. Do we want to live in a world where the only love that really exists is between people who get on well together? Because if that's the case, that's going to reduce the, the love that is in the world enormously. If we're like everyone else, if we only love those who love back to us, then it makes the, the world a poorer world. And it's not easy to love our enemies. No one's saying it is. Jesus isn't saying it is. But if we want better relationships, if we want to experience God at work, if we want to see him restoring relationships and building his kingdom, then we do need to love our enemies. Love those who who cause us difficulties. Love those who are difficult to love. Love those who oppose us. Love those who insult us. Love those who take advantage of us. And, And Jesus is our example, isn't it? Jesus is our example. He prayed, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. So it really is a question of of what comes out of loving our enemies. What, What results from that? What kind of world do we want, not just here and now, but into eternity? And this chapter goes on to describe what the eternal result is. Verse 37, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. 
Loving our enemies is really hard. Loving our enemies involves choosing to bless rather than curse, choosing to pray rather than distance ourselves. Loving our enemies involves continuing to do the things that we would do to our friends and our family, to people that we love dearly. And the only reason to do that is because Jesus says, love your enemies. Jesus says, the reward is great. Jesus says, you will be children of the Most High. He gives us the incentive because we need the incentive. We won't be able to do it otherwise. Loving our enemies is just, it's just too much. But we look at Jesus, we see how he lived. And we say to ourselves, I want to live as Jesus lived. I want to be his follower. I want to be that, that kind of person. And I think verse 36. Be merciful just as your father is merciful is key. Showing mercy, acting mercifully is all about doing to others what they don't deserve. Because that is how God has treated us. God has given us so much. And he hasn't treated us as we deserve to be treated. That's it, isn't it? We could easily, if someone does something that hurts you or offends you, it's not, it's not easy to choose to treat that person well. They don't deserve it, but that is showing mercy. And Jesus says that we're to be merciful just as our Father is merciful. And if we do that, then God will help us. We will experience God. We will see God at work. And it's probably the best place to to start is probably with the people who are closest to us. When occasion arises, to take that step rather than to push people away or create a distance. So we're going to watch a video now, which um, is a song about mercy, mercy that we've been shown, but also mercy that we can show others. Um, It's a song that probably isn't familiar to us, so we'll just listen to it uh, and think about the words.